1: What's up? It's GT, a.k.a. GT Films, and I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove, Bastard. GT Films. Films. All
0: right, so we got the one and only GT Films jumping off the porch with us
1: today, man. What's happening, man? I appreciate y'all having me. Nah, I appreciate you coming by, man. Mm -hmm. How you feeling today, man? I'm blessed. I can't complain. Life life is good. Life is amazing. You know what I'm saying? I'm happy to be here. Nah, I dig
0: that, man. Happy to hear that, too, man. Yeah, so how are you feeling about this new year, man? 2022, bro.
1: 2022, man, I'm going to speak it into existence. It's going to be my best year ever for myself as well as my family as well as my production company, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just – I'm very optimistic about this year, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be an amazing year for yeah. sure, yeah.
0: You know, you're a vet in the game, man. So what inspires you to keep going, man? And also what have been some of your
1: keys to remaining, you know, so relevant over this time span, man? Well, honestly, man, I really don't – I don't really think too much about my relevancy. I just shoot, you know what I'm saying? I just take it how it comes, you know what I'm saying? And make the best of it. And um, a lot that inspires me is some of the up and coming dudes, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of them reach out to me for information and I just love just sharing info with them. Because when I was coming up, ain't nobody wanna share no info with me. Mm -hmm. So I took a vow to myself to like, any young dude reach out to me, ask for help, I'm gonna help him, you know what I'm saying? So them young boys keep me motivated for real, for real. Yeah. yeah. What's some of like the most common questions you get then when they do reach out to you for advice? Uh, how do you get to the level when you work uh, to work with major artists? You know what I'm saying? That's probably like the most common one. And then a lot of them, them want to just pull up on set and help out, you know what okay. I'm saying? So that's pretty much. I got you. Yeah. All right, so you're originally from Greensboro, right? North Carolina? Yep, 336, born and raised. Okay.
0: Yeah. So what was your childhood like? What were you into as a kid? You were playing
1: basketball at first? or Hooping. Hooping, that's all I did. Yeah. That's all I did was play basketball. You know what I'm saying? From middle school to high school to college, went overseas. That's all I did. I was a hoop. I wasn't thinking nothing about shooting on no videos, none of this. I was just <laughs> playing ball. Yeah. Where'd you play at overseas? I went to China. I went to... Uruguay, that's how they pronounce Uruguay, Uruguay. I usually just say Uruguay. But that's in like uh South America, in between Argentina and Brazil. And then uh I went to Mexico, which technically not overseas, but I played over there. Yeah. Good time. So what was that experience like, man? Everything is different. In Uruguay, they ain't really care for uh black people. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like racist or nothing, but they ain't really, you know, too much care. Um for us. China, it was like the reaction we would get is almost like crazy insane like michael jackson like if michael jackson were to go into a store to shop you turn around you got 50 60 people outside looking staring you know what i'm saying with cameras but they was kind of scared of us though you know what i'm saying because the people over there they never really interacted with black people because you know what i'm saying all they know is uh from what they see on TV. Mm-hmm. They robbers, they killers, you know what I'm saying? So they intrigued. It was almost like going to the zoo, seeing a gorilla. Like you want to see the gorilla, but you don't want the gorilla to get close to you. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like that, you know what I'm saying, over there, but it wasn't, it wasn't no bad vibes. Mexico was love. It was like, compared to being in the NBA, you know yeah. what I'm saying? The love you get from the fans, the city, you know what I'm saying, it wasn't no weird vibes. So, okay. Yeah. And before you picked up a camera, you were rapping, too, right? Yeah, you know, that's what got me into uh, shooting videos. So I had a lot of free time on my hands, so I was just rapping, you know what I'm saying? Melissa was shooting the video. Shout out, Melissa. She over there in the cut, you know what I'm (laughs) saying? The video producer, she produced everything, you know what I'm saying? Um, She was filming the videos, you know what I'm saying? On a little cheap, little $99 camera. So uh, I just take them home, chop them up, and uh, just throw them out there. And then eventually... uh, some dudes from my city reached out to me wanted to get some music videos, so, you know, I might have charged them like 75, $100. Oh, wow. I shot their videos and then one thing led to the next and, you know, moved to
0: Atlanta. Were you self-taught on like how to edit and how to shoot and everything, yeah. or? Yeah, from
1: YouTube, school of YouTube. Okay. And trial and error. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So when did you move to Atlanta? What year was this?
1: 2011. 2012, 2012. Okay, something like that.
0: So, what was that transition like coming out here today, hey, man? There's a lot of competition, but there's a lot of opportunities as well.
1: I mean, in my mind, it wasn't no competition. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Because I wasn't concerned with anybody else. Um, I've been a competitor my whole entire life. I've been a hustler my whole entire life. You know what I'm saying? I knew how to work hard. I knew how to make money. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing about me. I'm a make. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a survive and I'm a thrive. I ain't, I ain't going to survive in anything I do. I'm a, I'm a thrive. So that was my whole mindset. So just coming moving to Atlanta and one, no, it wasn't no hard transition at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was easy. You know what I'm saying? I came out here ironically, well, not ironically. The reason why I moved to Atlanta was because of Shoddy Lowe at okay. first. So I was traveling back and forth with, uh, by myself to Atlanta shooting little vlogs for him shooting little music videos. So after I did that for like two months, I'm like, uh, love, let's work out a little situation where I can just move, bro. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm traveling back and forth driving six hours, which I wasn't tripping, it was the grind. But mm-hmm. um, so he and I worked out a little situation and uh, we moved. Like I had a, a, a painting company, painting and cleaning company, Graceful Touch Cleaning. It was it was doing well, you know what I'm saying. Gave it up, just gave everything up, you know what I'm saying. Bought out of our lease and we moved to Atlanta. We were in the process of buying a house in uh, Douglasville, so when we moved, two three weeks later the house fell through for whatever situation. So we ended up staying with Low. We stayed at Low Career for like end up being like eight nine months. Oh wow. We stayed with him yeah. in Ti neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Right down the street from T.I. House. We used to walk, you know, up the street, run, you know what I'm saying, jog. Dang, that's T.I. House, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, dang, that's really T.I. House. But, you know, we was li- living with low, so it was like, you know, it was, it was not normal, but like different, but I don't know how to explain it. We was kind of used to it, but not really used to it. Cause we went full fledged in the, the lifestyle of Atlanta mm. with all the, you know, rappers or whatnot at that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what was, like, what was it like working with we Lowe? Um, and talk about the chemistry you guys had, because you guys pumped out so much material back then, too.
1: Lowe is a low is, uh, rest in peace, Lowe. Lowe's a great dude, great family man. And um, good vibe, good energy, you know what I'm saying? We, everything we did was really just organic, you know what I'm saying? We ain't really playing much. We just, we just made it do what it do, you know what I'm saying? He gave me, um, he had just signed a G unit at the time. So they gave me the opportunity to shoot a music video for, it was him, Twister, Twister, and Wale um, that the label paid for it, you know what I'm saying? So that particular video was like my first video that went to MTV and I had only been shooting videos like seven months, okay. but a video, a video to me was trash. <laughs> when I look back at it, it's trash, you know what I'm saying? But at the time I thought it was dope, you know what I'm saying? because I, <clears throat> excuse me, I did the best I could do at the time. Yeah. And they liked it, so, you know. It's all a learning experience
0: at the time, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So what's some of your best memories of love working with him or just being around him in general?
1: Um, shoot, man, sometimes we would have at the crib, you know what I'm saying? It was a lot of fun times at the crib. Um, just in general, I mean, he had a, a three-story house. and Melissa and myself, we had the whole... Downstairs, we had our own bedroom, um, the whole kitchen, a whole separate kitchen, a whole indoor pool. You know what I'm saying? So um, just just the vibes at the at the house. You know what I'm saying? Eating good, hanging out, cooking. Lo being in the kitchen cooking. You know what I'm saying? Just everybody just having a good time. You know what I'm saying? Like a family. Okay. Yeah. So who were some other artists that started reaching out once
0: you moved out here to Atlanta? And was working with Lo. Man, I was reaching out to
1: him. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? I was. I was DMing people, you know what I'm saying, hitting people up on Twitter, showing them my work, you know what I'm saying? I had reached out, one of the first uh artists I worked with was Cartel, MGM. He was in Brick Squad. Yeah. So I started doing some stuff with Cartel, which uh kinda led me to working with Dunk, Slim Duncan, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, Dunk. So uh Duncan, me, we got to rocking, shooting videos. Uh Everybody loves McDonald's fries.
0: So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Uh,
1: documentaries and just uh, just building, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, you put out that the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so what was that what was it like working with Dunk, man? Like what was he like day to day? his personality seemed like larger than life, too.
1: Dunk is when I first, when I first met him, he was different from what I thought he was. Cause you see him on camera, he real like aggressive. You know what I'm saying? Now that's in him, mm-hmm. but on a day-to-day basis, like he was a good dude. Like he used to help all his homies out. You know what I'm saying? I remember we would go out of town. He would go, go to the store. Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story.
0: Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness.
1: My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else.
0: Ask your doctor about Ubrel-V, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at ubrel com or call eight four 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 U ubrelvy Sponsored by AbbVie.
1: You know what I'm saying? Bottom clothes, bottom hats, you know what I'm saying? With his own money, I don't think he was, like, really getting no crazy show money at the time. So whatever he was getting, he was, like, looking out for the homies. Like, he was, you know, he was a boss. He was, He was a good dude, you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: Did you hit any of these shows with uh, him and the rest of Brick Squad?
1: Yeah, yeah, we hit a couple shows. We hit a couple shows. I remember hitting a show um, with Dunk and uh, was it? it was Gucci in Atlanta. Um, the show went good. After the show, uh, I forgot what happened. It was like two dudes walked up to Dunk, Dunk and Kenny B. And one of the dudes said something slick to Dunk. And all I remember Dunk saying is, man, them niggas finna kill you, boy. Next thing I know, Kenny, boom, knocked them out, you know what I'm saying, right there, right then and there on the spot. And then we just left, we went to the back to go jump in the cars. Um, Next thing you know, they start shooting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they start shooting at us, but the crazy thing about it was, when the ops or whoever you wanna call it, start shooting, like no hesitation, the dirt gang dudes, Start shooting back. I'm talking about less than a second. So I'm like, these dudes really from that, you know what I'm saying? Guns already caught, ready to go. When nobody running, when nobody hiding behind no cars, pop, pop over here instantly. They firing back. Dunk, I was in the car with um, Dunk and June. I don't know why Dunk did this at the time, but Dunk jumped out the back seat, handed me his pistol, and then went running the other way. <laughs> um, and then we ended up picking him up later. But I think it was because he was, like, on probation or something. Yeah. You know what I'm he saying? He wasn't trying to get caught up. Nah, he wasn't trying to get caught up. Mm. So, uh, yeah, he handed me the pistol. I had, uh, you know, I'm being a cameraman at the time. I'm caught up in the moment. I'm still filming, you know what I'm saying? I'm behind a car. You, you like, were still filming? Yeah, really? still filming, trying to get the action. You know what I'm saying? Like, my my cameraman instinct kicked in. Like, I got to get this footage. So, you know, I, uh, I filmed some, but I ended up deleting it because, you know, I ain't really want to put it out there yeah. like that. So you weren't even like scared or nervous. He was more in the Adrenaline. moment Adrenaline. Adrenaline kicked in. I wasn't scared. I was just reacting. Yeah. That's wild that you even thought about picking up the camera like, the last time that this.
0: happened. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Long live dumb, man. His potential yeah. in the game was huge, man. He yeah. was on this way.
1: Long live dumb
0: Yeah. How'd you link in with Rollo? Rollo.
1: oh um, how did I link with Rollo? Oh, I linked with Rollo cause of June. Um, Shout out June Jones. June Jones, I don't know if he still managed Debo, DeRez or Sean. Okay. But I started working with Debo, um, you know, because I was working with Dunk. But Debo wasn't really – he wasn't really big at the time. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't even – he hadn't even transitioned into Mm -hmm. being DeRez. But long story short, London was plugged in with Birdman and Rich Gang. I guess that happened through Thug. You know, Thug brought London in. That's how I work with with that type of situation. Somebody always brings somebody in. So Thug brought London into Rich Game. You know what I'm saying? London brought um, Debo into Rich Game. Mm -hmm. And then June and Debo reached out to me and was like, y'all need you to fly to New York. We're going to link up with Birdman. So um, they flew me out. We shot a lot of videos in New York. with, for Debo, I probably shot like seven of them. Uh, Birdman was there, Rollo was there. That's why I met Rollo the first time. Okay. And um, after that, you know, when, we, when I ended up leaving, uh, three months later, I didn't really get a chance to go home once I linked up with Birdman. I was just on the road with him like, at least like three months, you know what I'm saying? But after that is when Rollo had, uh, we started working. Rollo a good dude. Oh yeah. Yeah, Rollo, a real good dude. Like, I was there, I know you remember the, uh, the, uh, the incident with, with Birdman and, and Charlemagne. Yeah, I was going to ask if you were there for the Breakfast Club interview. <clears throat> I was in New York. I wasn't there though. So that had happened at like 6 a.m. I had been out with them shooting a the video um, late that night, probably like 4 or 5 a.m. They told me about the interview. But in my mind, I'm like, bro, I don't care nothing about this interview. Like, I'm trying to go to the hotel and go to sleep because y'all gonna want this edit back the next, the next day. So I, I left, went to the hotel, stayed asleep. The um, couple hours after the incident happened, it went viral. I was like, dang, I wish I would have been there. You know what I'm saying? Because I would have been in a room. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I would have been in the room filming, like, the whole time. But, uh, you know, I missed that opportunity. But, you know, life goes on. Yeah. Have you been able to communicate with Rollo since he's been locked up? Yeah, I talked to Rollo yeah. I talked to Rollo a couple times yeah for sure
0: how's he holding up man
1: I mean Rollo seemed like he in good he seemed like he in good spirits you know what I'm saying like the the last time I talked to him it's probably been it was last year sometime but he was in good spirits yeah you know what I'm saying yeah
0: same here every time I interview him yes. Yeah. Man, you can't even tell that he's locked up besides exactly. that he's, you know, away. Yeah. But, like, mentally he seemed like he's in great spirits. Yeah. Doesn't seem down at all. Just, we're just waiting to come home, man. Good dude. Rollo a good dude, too. Yeah. Uh, you and Money Man worked a lot, too, during uh, the beginning yeah. of his career. How did that call come about at first?
1: Okay, so that happened. He just probably DM'd Melissa, you know what I'm saying? Reached out to Melissa, and uh, we shot a couple videos for him. We shot the Boss Up video. That was the one that ended up taking off. You know what I'm saying? So it was really just... Oh, no, I was actually on the road with Birdman when he reached out. Um, Which is kind of ironic because he ended up signing to Birdman. Um, But, yeah, he reached out. We shot a video for him. And that was pretty much it. He took off. You know, I kept doing my thing with Bird and Rich Gang. And then... uh, like four or five months later, he ended up getting signed mm-hmm. to them. So then we was all around, so we just stayed working, you know yeah. what I'm
0: saying? So do you prefer to like just pull up, do, you know, run and gun videos, or do you like to write
1: out the treatments with a story and everything? Run and gun. Run and gun, because like all those label videos where, you know, they require the treatment and concepts and all this different stuff, it's cool. But it's like, sometimes it'd be, it be too much going on. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather just pop up and shoot and just create something dope on the spot. I ain't gotta sit up here and, well, well, Melissa, she ain't gotta have 30 emails back and forth with a label. You know what I'm saying? Talking about this, talking about that. Nah, no, we just pop up, shoot, knock out the video. I go knock out the edit the next day and we done. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what I prefer. I'm yeah. with whatever, but that's what I prefer.
0: So you still editing your own videos? I've
1: always edited. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Why is that because you hear a lot of these big directors they get someone else to edit
1: them these days Is it
0: kind of like you still enjoy doing it? You don't trust someone else to you know
1: put that touch on it or what is it? Uh, one, I don't really trust anybody. Two, Editing for me, I mean I gotta say it's a gift Because I didn't really realize it was a gift until I started really like getting into the industry and the industry standard was like uh, Seven to ten days to turn the edit around, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I'm editing the videos, like in like four hours, (laughs) the full video, the final cut. But to me, it was like that was my normal, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't realize that, nah, that's not the normal, you know what I'm saying? Like if somebody get an edit back in like two, three days, that's fast. But I was like sending them back the same day. The same day, really? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So I don't want to send my footage off to somebody, have them take two, three days to edit a video. Then they send it back. If something's wrong, I got to send it back again. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a
0: crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba
1: At participating McDonald's. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what be taking people so long when they have another editor. Then you got to get a colorist, like, all that stuff. Just like, I ain't got time for that. Yeah.
0: You just yeah. ready to move on to the next one, I'm yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, move on to the next shooter and we move on. Go on vacation, go <laughs> kick it, play PlayStation at the crib or something like that. I ain't got time to be wasting time on yeah. that.
0: How many people work on set with you these days? What, what's like an
1: average? <sighs> it just depends. We could go we could be four deep or we could be ten deep. It just depends on the Production. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At what point did you know you needed to hire some more help besides you and just Melissa? When I started getting stressed out, <laughs> trying to do everything, trying to do lights, trying to run the smoke machine, trying to run the radio, getting stressed out. You know what I'm saying? I, I realized like, dang, like, I need some help. Yeah. So I started, uh, you know, reaching out to people, bringing people in, trying people out, like, just giving people opportunities. And um, you know, some went good, some went bad. All were learning experiences. But at the end of the day. Um, um, I'm blessed to be where I am today, having a team and giving other people opportunities to eat. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, absolutely.
0: What's some of your pet peeves uh, when working on set, either with artists or models or just anyone
1: in general that comes on the set with? You? Oh man, models. Shout out the models. You know what I'm saying? But y'all models, I don't know. I can't. I can't speak on everybody, but a lot of the models, I don't know if they they don't be all the way there sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like mentally, they, like they, don't, they don't be all the way there. They don't really take instruction good. They show up late all the time, <laughs> which is a pet peeve of mine because we're paying you. And nine times out of 10, Melissa already done paid the casting director the day before. So y'all got y'all money. Y'all not waiting on no money from, from us. Y'all need to be there on time. Now dealing with an artist, showing up an hour late, hour and a half late, Cool, y'all paying us, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I ain't tripping, I prefer you to be there on time. But I mean, if you show up late, like it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? That just give me more time to set up. So um, those are really some of my pet peeves. Yeah. Really.
0: I'm sure artists show up a lot later than an hour, an hour and a half late though.
1: Um, The latest we probably had was like two hours. Oh, that's not too bad then. Yeah, cause I like, waited long for some people to show up to the interview. Yeah, rappers, they be on a different time, but, like, me, like, after – when they get to, like, an hour and 45 minutes, I start getting – if it's somebody I worked with before and I know their situation, like, youngster, like, sometimes he might show up a little late, but we still in communication with him. So we know – like, that's, that's the homie, so we know it's all good. But anybody else, after about two hours, I'm like, we're going to have to call it. You know what I'm saying? We're going to have to leave, and we're going to have to just figure it out because I'm not, I'm not about to be sitting around. Waiting two three hours for yeah. nobody. <laughs> I feel that.
0: Yeah. Uh, what's it
1: like working with Currency on set, man? Cool. He he, the coolest dude in the world. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of love for him. He real cool, real laid back, just a real humble dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've uh, I shot a couple videos for him here, and like back in his at his crib in New Orleans. He cool man, like. We shoot the video, I'm trying to leave, and Eddie, he like, nah, bro, let's chill, let's kick it, you know what I'm saying, smoke, drink, I don't smoke, so it's not like I could really like, you know what I'm saying, interact on that level, but he wanted to just kick it, let's, let's just kick it, bro, let's just have a good time, man, you did your work, kick it, bro, you know what I'm saying, just a cool dude, man, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, I was watching one of your other interviews, man, you talked about the situation in LA, mm. where um, some Migos kind of checked you and the artists, or I guess the artist that was yeah. filming out there. Can yeah. you kind of explain what happened there? All
1: right, so I was with Cartel, Cartel MGM. We in LA. That might have been my first time going to LA to shoot a music video. So I'm riding around, and I'm seeing all these beautiful palm trees. I'm like, yo, we got to go shoot there. You know what I'm saying? The palm trees. We ain't got palm trees in Atlanta. I want to shoot here. So we went to like this neighborhood. And Cartel was like, hey, bro, you like the first black dude that's been here. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, OK. I ain't think nothing of it. Like, let's go shoot. Because, mind you, like, the game banging there is real. You know what I'm saying? Like, not to say that it's not real in Atlanta, but it's different, like, in L.A. So, um, and plus, I done been in all the trenches of Atlanta. Like, mm-hmm. I done been in all the trenches with all the gangsters, pistols out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you feel it's, it's a different type of tension you feel in the trenches of Atlanta because you see what's going on. In LA, you might be in the trenches or in a bad neighborhood, but not even know it. You know what I'm saying? Cause ain't nobody outside. You ain't got people hanging out the window with with Dracos and pistols, like off their hip. It's just quiet. So we shooting a video, I'm shooting a video for a cartel. This other dude and this other Migo with all these tats on his face. I turn around and this old school car pull up, and um, I see some dude jump out with a. It had to have been like a 357, cause a revolver with a a barrel that long. So he jumped out like right behind me. But I'm, I've been in the trenches so much in Atlanta, I ain't really think nothing of it. I thought it was like, that's one of the homies, you know what I'm saying? He he coming to get in the video. So next thing I know, he beeline straight to the dude beside Cartel and put the pistol to his head. Yeah. Right then and there. So then I'm like, Phew, I got up out of there. You know what I'm saying? I ran. And um, got behind a car. Dude, girlfriend left him. She ran too. I thought for sure he was gonna kill him, hmm. but um, dude was a gangster. Like he just he just stood there. Like, do you know what was being said between the two? no nah. He come to find out <clears throat> he was in the wrong neighborhood. Oh, sure. You know what I'm saying? He was just in the wrong neighborhood because he claimed some set, and he's just not supposed to be in that neighborhood. So. um the dude didn't kill him. One of the dudes that was with cartel knew the killer and was like, "Yo, don't kill him, bro. Don't kill him." It was an old, an old Mexican dude in the back, like saying it in like his native tongue or whatever, whatever language. Like, I mean Spanish, but he was saying, "Kill him!" Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, kill him. This old OG-looking dude in the back seat. But anyway, dude didn't kill him. Um, they jumped in the car and they sped off. No, they ain't speed off. They just left. Uh, cartel like yo let's go man let's go let's get up out of here I had my camera sitting. I'm like, nah I ain't leaving my camera. Bro. I don't want to get <laughs> my camera get that. Shit. Went and grabbed my camera and uh jumped in the car and slid out. That's yeah. wild. What did you learn from that whole experience there? Man, I learned when somebody tell you the first African American to ever be in a neighborhood and don't go there. And I, I realized that game banging in LA is real, it's different. Oh yeah. But come to find out like he had told me like is rules, they couldn't have just killed me, you know what I'm saying? Because if they would have killed me and I don't claim no set, I'm an out-of-towner, then I think he said something like, it would have been like a green light on that whole neighborhood if they would have just, because they got to get permission, mm. you know what I'm saying, to kill certain people. That's crazy, but that's just the way of life out there, I guess. Yeah, the culture out there is way different than you yeah, ever left. different. Bro. That's mm-hmm. wild, man.
0: Alright, so let's talk about this uh, this new Black Youngster video, man. I am assuming that yeah. it caused a lot of controversy, man. So go ahead and break it down, like, because it's my understanding, this wasn't something you guys filmed recently. This is something you had filmed before.
1: Well, the like, honestly, I forgot the the timing of it. And due to certain situations, you know what I'm saying, I can't really speak on that particular situation as far as like when we filmed it. But I will say, okay, the day we did film it. As far as, like, because a lot of things on the internet were false. Talking about particularly him standing in front of the, the Thornton gravesite. Right. I didn't even realize that until my sister texted me and was like, yo, did you see this? She sent me a screenshot of it. And I'm like, nah, I ain't even know that. So how that happened was... We had already had a, a treatment for this particular video. Mm. It was going to be something completely different, you know what I'm saying? But when he hit Melissa, he like, let's just go shoot. You know what I'm saying? Let's go shoot in the graveyard. So this particular time, he got there on time. It was really just a run and gun video. He pulled her right beside us. So I immediately went in the graveyard and started kind of like picking out different scenes. Now, mind you, I done shot in that graveyard like two, three times already. Oh, really. So I kind, of, yeah. So I kind of knew where certain things were at, and since it was kind of like it wasn't really a time constraint, but it was like I don't want to keep them waiting. I don't want to just go ahead and shoot that particular one that we shot at that said Thornton. I knew what it looked like already. It's like a big building, you know what I'm saying? It has steps on it. So from like a cinematographer, or a DP standpoint. It looked good, you know what I'm saying? And I guarantee you, like any DP that go there to shoot, that one's gonna stand out. Now, in 20, 2018, I shot a video for uh, this guy named SQ Lat, called Stand On It. The same, it I shot it at the same spot. Oh, really? Yeah, and then you can even go look in the video, and Thor- Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles.
0: And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: And it's up there. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, SQ Lack. I guess he, he was beefing with Dog too. You know what I'm saying? Which he was not You know what I'm saying? Because at the time, when we were filming that, what wasn't nobody thinking about, you know what I'm saying? wasn't nobody thinking about, yeah. bro. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace. But it wasn't even that. You know what I'm saying? At the time, it was me. It was me who chose that spot. oh Wow. It wasn't him. Youngster didn't
0: say anything when you did pick it out. He or? didn't
1: know. He oh, didn't shit. That wasn't on his mind at the time, you know what I'm saying? So that was all on me. And um yeah, so we just shot shot we shot and left. And that was it.
0: So what's been your reaction like kind of just seeing like all the controversy that's come around? You know, since it's been released and people trying to say that, you know, it was either shot at Dolph's gravesite mm-hmm. or that it was intended to show that, something like that.
1: Well, the funny part about it is it's like me being in that situation, knowing the truth, made me realize that people on the Internet, they don't know what they're talking about. They really don't. I mean, they're going to say whatever they want to say, and I understand why they say that in this particular situation. But they don't know the truth, you know what I'm saying? I know the truth. Yeah. But people can create stories which are false, and which in turn, if people on the internet don't know that they're spreading rumors and putting other people in danger. Because, for example, they're talking about Youngster. All right, so y'all putting all this heat on Youngster, but guess what? I'm friends with his head of security that's with him all the time, like that's my dog. He got, he got a kid, he wanna go home too. He ain't on no gangster stuff, he there to protect him and go home. Me and my wife, Melissa, we direct his music videos. We are with him. If he beefing with anybody, we ain't got nothing to do with that. You know what I'm saying? So now y'all putting extra heat on on him, which is in turn potentially putting us in danger. You Know what I'm saying? Which we just some good people trying to, you know, shoot a little video and go home. Yeah, but people on the internet put a lot of people in danger by doing that, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, what's it like working on set
0: with Youngster, man? Because you know, he's got that funny personality, but He's yeah, he's an
1: entertainer for sure. He's definitely an entertainer. Youngster is a He's probably one of my favorite people to work with because he lets me be creative. You know what I'm saying? He lets me be creative. He lets us be creative. You know what I'm saying? He's not really trying to run the show. He's not telling, hey, this is my idea for this video. He just let, he just let me be creative. When he's on set, he gives me what I need on camera. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people, they don't know how to perform on camera. They too cool or, you know what I'm saying, they just don't know how to, Deliver the energy to the camera. He makes it easy for me. All I gotta do is cut the camera on, and he going he gonna cut up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah,
0: definitely, yeah, yeah. man. Um, so, what's some do's and don'ts? You can, uh, you know, some advice you would share for some the do's and don'ts for directors while on set, man. What should they be doing? What shouldn't they be doing?
1: Goofing off. They don't need to be goofing off all up on Instagram. Instagram lie the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Trying to turn up. You don't need to be doing that. You need to be focused on your job there because if you goof off, your whole team going to goof off. If they see you goofing off, they going to be on their Instagram story goofing off. And then next thing you know, somebody that knocked over a light, you know what I'm saying, somebody that tripped over a cord. you know what I'm saying, and, you know, goofy stuff happened and stuff get broke. And nowadays stuff on set is expensive. So oh, yeah. if you trip over a light, man, you might have just cost somebody $1,500. You know what I'm saying? So that is a don't. For sure, some dudes are running the show. You gotta run, you gotta run the show. You gotta have a good producer there that's gonna help you out, you know what I'm saying? Keep everything in order because things can get hectic on set, especially mm-hmm. working with major artists. Things can get real hectic because you're dealing with casting agents, models, location, people, extras. So you might got 50, 60 people on set, but if you lose your focus, you're gonna end up costing the whole production. Three, four hours a time you know what i'm saying so you just gotta you gotta be you gotta be the boss you know what i'm saying like not in a bossy way but you gotta handle your business on set otherwise you're gonna be on set goofing off for 12 hours yeah when you could have shot the video in five hours and been at home yep definitely yeah. got to be in
0: charge of everything that's sure. going around for sure man. Mm-hmm. Um, for upcoming directors uh would you recommend them shooting for free for the opportunity
1: okay so This is what I did. In the beginning, I would shoot like if it was somebody of some relevance, I would go shoot that video for free. Now I would tell them, hey bro, I'm shooting this for free because I reached out to you. You know what I'm saying? But when your homeboy is gonna ask you, like, at least tell them that I charge something, you know what I'm saying? But I'm going to shoot this video for you because I know you got a little buzz. I know it's going get, to get my work out there more. I know other artists going to see it, and I know it's going to be something on my catalog to promote my brand. So I might shoot you one video for free. After that, I'm going to look out for you, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to shoot for free the whole entire time because if you, you keep shooting for free, then he gonna call you when you want a free video. Mm-hmm. Even if he up and coming and he hadn't signed to a label yet, when he do sign to that label, you are not about to get the budgeted video. You know what I'm saying? you are gonna, gonna go be, to third directors. Yeah, you're gonna be the cameraman your whole career. You're gonna be the cameraman. You will never transition into being the director. So it's like, it's chess, it's planting seeds. You know what I'm saying? So if it's somebody that can help, if y'all can help each other out, you know what I'm saying? He needs some visuals, you need a little bit of promo, yeah, but don't go do that for everybody. You do, you pick like one or two dudes, and that's it. Otherwise, you're gonna be, you going you gonna get exploited. Oh yeah. Mm. So the key
0: is just be upfront with them that first time. Let them know, mm-hmm. all right, this one on the house. But yeah, for sure. Going forward, once you see like the work we got. Yeah, right, for we sure. Got it, y'all, y'all. Um, at this point in your career, is there any artist you haven't worked with that you would love to work with?
1: I mean. Not really. <laughs> Not really. I mean, at this point, I pretty much work with the individuals that I, you know, set out to work with, you know. So at this point, I ain't really tripping on working with nobody at all. Yeah. I mean, you know, I take it how it come. Whoever want to work, let's work. But it ain't like, oh, I want to go work with this dude. I want to go work with her or him. Nah. I'm cool. Yeah. All
0: right. So we know that's your family, man. Uh, yeah. What has being a father taught you
1: about life? Man, life is fun. Being a father is fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, I'm a father, but like my kids are my friends. You know what I'm saying? So, especially having, you know, me and my daughter, we got our relationship. Me and my son, we got our relationship. It's different, but like with my son is like, it's like my little friend. Cause like, we get to do the stuff that I wanna do, but he having fun at the same time, shooting paintballs driving R C cars, boxing, just stuff that I would do, you know what I'm saying? Anyway. But now me and him get to kick it and uh just have fun on a day to day basis. Yeah. I mean really Melissa be handling all the the parent stuff. <laughs> I be the I'm just, just there to have fun, you know what I'm saying? So I mean that's uh it's amazing. Yeah. Is it hard to find a balance for
0: the family and your work? Like do you Are you conscious not to take on too much work these days?
1: We got it figured out at this point, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was a point in time where we were shooting a lot of videos nonstop, grinding. You know what I'm saying? But that was a part of the come-up, so it just is what it is. We just had to figure out, either I can go ball up in the corner and cry like a baby because I'm shooting all these videos and I don't get to spend enough time with my family, or I can say, hey, man, this is what I signed up for. Let's get it. You know what I'm saying? So I was just taking the half cane, even when I was shooting seven to 12 videos a week, not getting to have family time. But um, eventually, you know what I'm saying? God blessed me, put, put me in a position where I don't, I ain't gotta go shoot, you know, five videos, five, six, seven videos a week. Like I don't, you know what I'm saying? We do what we do. We shoot our little videos here and there, spread them out. And then the rest of the time it's like, Family time, yeah. kicking the time, having fun, doing whatever, going to the gym, like going out to eat, just doing whatever we want to do, you know what I'm saying? So I built that foundation, we built that foundation. So now we can just sit back and, um, and kick it. Like I had uh, said in a vlog that I did yesterday, like it's not, life ain't about just, people tell you like life is about just working, 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 working. Nah, you can work. You can work hard in the beginning, but if you're running a company five, six, seven years down the line and you're still doing the same amount of work, then it's time to like switch it up. Time to hire some people, you know what I'm saying? Time to start delegating, to give, your, give yourself an opportunity to breathe and to relax and build and build and grow as a company. So now, like, and time to raise your prices, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, so sure. you ain't got to shoot all these videos. You can shoot five videos for this, or you can shoot one video for the same thing. and. You know, live your lifestyle and just. No, that's right. Said, right there.
0: Yeah. Uh, what's some of your goals, you know, looking for not only for this year, but for the future? Is there anything else you're trying to get into outside of the music videos?
1: Um, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. So we just started vlogging yesterday. Um, we vlogged before, but we, every time we start trying to take it serious, we get bombarded with music videos and it just throws us off but um, YouTube, I feel like we're gonna, um, myself, Melissa, and the kids, we're gonna just continue to put out content, you know what I'm saying, at least two, three times a week. Because it's like, I look at our lifestyle and some of the stuff that we do, and it's like, it's, it's some entertaining stuff, you know what I'm saying? Even working with the artists that we work with, like, a lot of people wanna see that, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'ma just do what we do on a normal, a normal basis, put it on the internet for people to tune into and just, uh, watch it grow now nah, that's dope man YouTube's yeah. where it's at too man. yeah for sure a lot of opportunities out there yeah for sure all
0: right GT guys shout outs you like to get before we wrap it up here all today right. man
1: shout out Melissa shout out Aaron you know what I'm saying shout out my boy Aaron you know what I'm saying AG shout out Melissa come get on camera real quick come on over here <laughs> so she she good you know what I'm saying I try to I try to invite her to get on the camera she said she good y'all see how she doing? me Shout out my boy, uh, Rob Rich Talk, you know what I'm saying? He, uh, he's always blessing me. With, let me show the back, Bam, if you can see that. He always blessing me with gear, you know what I'm saying? I, um, Rob, supposed to be winning on Instagram. Um, everybody, uh, everybody who been holding it down for GT Films, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate the, the labels, the artists, uh, our team, and just everybody in general. You know what I'm saying? So shout out yourself, you know what I'm saying? Do better this year, do better than you did last year. It's time to elevate, you know what I'm saying? Take it to a whole nother level. If you're at the same level at the end of this year that you was at this year, then you failed. Progress, you gotta make some progress, you know what I'm saying? That's what we own in 2022, number progress.
0: GT Films. Hey there, ever thought about what
1: makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you?